Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. Got a ton of stuff for you today. Justin's second start as a member of the New York Mets happened on Wednesday. We'll talk all about that. Making a statement, bunch of good stuff there. Top five BVPs, most valuable players so far this year. Tons and tons of stuff to talk about. The Oakland days, their binding agreement, unbinded, and now binded back. I, we got it. We'll talk about it all. Let's get to it. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10 Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out a three-off He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? It is Thursday, meaning we are recording live early Thursday morning. I am joined, as always, by Alex Curry. Alex? Yeah? How are you? Happy Thursday. I'm great. I, I notice, you know, it's really funny. When you're doing the cold opens, mm -hmm. I find myself over here, like, saying it with you and acting it out <laughs> with you. And I'm like, oh, you're doing great, Ben. You're crushing it. It's like, what am I doing? No uh, one can see me. No one can hear me. <laughs> I can see you. I can uh, see you out of my peripheral vision. Also, maybe you didn't hear me because I texted you once again while your brother was pitching mm -hmm. yesterday, while he was making history yesterday. I've just started. I just block your number when Justin pitches now. Excuse me? Well. It was a positive thing. I don't I was listening you. to the Reds broadcast, and every time he was on the mound, they were calling him a living legend. And I was like, <laughs> is this not the coolest thing ever? Not even through the evening. You never once even liked it, <laughs> responded, or did anything to me yesterday. So we're fighting. We're officially I, fighting. I, so I did I, I did see it, but I oh, okay, like cool. I said, I don't do cool, well cool, 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 cool. So I just saw yeah. it, I looked down it, and I was watching I didn't know that was the the Reds broadcast, so it's kind of yeah. cool that that's what they were doing. But that was early on in the game, and then man, what a game he had! His Congratulations. second ever start with the New York Mets picks up his first win as a member of the Mets. Seven innings pitched, two hits, one run, seven strikeouts, 103 pitches. Was throwing 97 miles an hour in the seventh inning. Uh, retired 18 of the last 19 batters he faced. This was signature Justin. I mean, this is what the Met, this is everything and more the Mets wanted and boy needed. Yeah. Needed so desperately. He talked about that after the game. Um, but you know, this he said he felt so much more normal this game and it was really um, I was happy to hear him say that. Obviously, early in the year, this is his spring training, essentially. He did have one, but then gets you know shut down for a bit where he's still throwing. But these are really the first couple of games he's thrown since the World Series. And for him to come out, uh, struggled in the first inning a bit again, just some hard contact. And then what he said is in the third inning, he kind of made some mid-game tweaks. And from that moment on, really was just dominant so made those mechanical adjustments just trying to find his timing he said and boy 
boy, did they work. But after the game in his post-game interview, they asked him about the start, and he said, your job as a starting pitcher when it's your day and you know the bullpen is a little taxed is to go out and eat some innings. To be able to do that, it felt great, and hopefully it can jumpstart our rotation and just win some games. So uh, just a great start on the mound. Really good to see him back to you know pitching in the seventh inning getting through seven, a hundred. I was honestly shocked to see him come back out for the seven. He was at like 80 some pitches already to go back out for the seventh. Uh, was great to see and entered some, uh, some more historic territory after this start. So his win against the reds was his first win against the reds in his career. It was only his third start against them. First win against the reds, meaning he now has earned a win on the mound against every single team in Major League Baseball, becoming only the 21st pitcher in the history of baseball to do that. The only active ones to do it are Garrett Cole, Zach Granke, and Max Scherzer. So some elite territory there, one of only 21 pitchers to ever do it. Just a, a great start and just a really happy it – w- it was awesome. He's happy. It was it was a really good night. Yeah. Were you happy? Were you okay? I was happy. Kay. Very happy. Uh, I, as you know, I do. I get nervous watching, and especially You're like, especially early in the year, new team, yeah. struggling team. Like he hadn't pitched much, so like I wanted so badly for him to go out and pitch well. Yeah. For the team, for himself, and that first inning, a little, a little rocky. And then just to see him, you know, really from the third on, you know, like I said, retired 18 of the last 19 batters he faced. It was it was dominant from then on. And this was it was. Yeah, I'm very, very happy for sure. Yeah. I So as, as I mentioned off the top, I was listening to the Reds broadcast because that's just what my package yeah. had me watch. And from the first through the seventh inning, every single time your brother was on the mound, it was like a different insanely awesome compliment that they were like talking about your brother. Here is the living legend, Justin Verlander, future first ballot hall of famer, Justin Verlander. He is just as good as ever. Justin Verlander. Like it was such a positive experience. Just listening to the respect that every single broadcaster and club has for your brother and what he's able to do at this point in his career. So hats off to Justin. That was great. Being one of only 21 pitchers to ever do something is really cool. I do think that, um, that, I don't know if it's a record, if you will, but let's use that record. That milestone will now hold less and less weight because of the way the schedule now every team's out. playing so he's really team. kind of the last starter of the old guard with the old scheduling yeah. that was able to accomplish this because now everybody's playing everybody and this won't be a huge huge accomplishment um, but one that won't easily be accomplished is this stretch in his career of most starts of seven or more innings with two or fewer hits allowed since 1900 he's now tied for second with randy johnson and roger clemens with 33 so he's tied with those two huge names first place nolan ryan with 62 he's not even he's almost he's barely over halfway there so uh quite the accomplishment um shout out sarah langs i saw had that stat so uh great night uh, great day, win on the mound after a loss in his first game, though he pitched well. Hasn't lost consecutive decisions since August of 2018. Whew. 
Way to go, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Now, he wasn't the only pitcher to reach a major milestone this week because we saw Shohei Otani once again pass Babe Ruth, one of the greatest of all time. He is now has the most strikeouts among a player to hit at least 100 home runs passing Babe Ruth, which is incredible when you when you really think about that. You know, I really feel like um... – the, the only comparison we've had for Shohei for some time now has been Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth almost just feels like this, like, fictional, how did this sort of player exist? Yeah. 714 homers, was a pitcher, struck out over 500 batters. Like, how is this possible? And now the one comparison to him is, is Shohei. And now we're seeing Shohei pass him in certain categories and we talked about it earlier this week how in his next start Shohei was going to pass Babe Ruth on on the all-time strikeout list for as you just mentioned uh for players that have hit over 100 home runs he now holds the most pitcher strikeouts mm -hmm. and you know it's just it truly is it's remarkable and even when I this this segment right that we have this week in Shohei Otani news yeah. started two years ago and the comparison I kept making was was Babe Ruth, but even then it felt like like really though like how how we can talked you about it Tuesday. It's like two completely different yeah. athletes. It, you can't like yes, you can compare the stats because that's the only thing we have to compare it to. There's the only player that was doing anything remotely yeah. close to what Otani's doing. But athletes today are not the same as athletes. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, I mean, they had full-time jobs. That's why they had spring training to get guys into shape, to get ready yeah. to, like, play a baseball season. These guys are professional athletes year-round since they were kids training for this moment. Like, it is a completely different beast. It's interesting. Back when, you know, the comparisons first started with Shohei, I was sort of along those lines of, well, athletes today are different. Like, you know, Shohei, if he faced Babe Ruth, would, like, dominate him. Like, they're completely different. But the more that Shohei keeps going in this direction, the more I find myself believing that the comparisons are getting closer and closer to being true, not the opposite direction, in terms of, yeah, right, the, the two-way thing is hits you right in the face. But also, Babe Ruth feels like a, a fictional a made-up baseball player you know like he's if you ask anybody on planet earth to name a baseball player ever even non-baseball fans will be able to say well babe ruth right and i feel like shohei is becoming more and more like like a fictional baseball player. like how does this exist yeah. what he's doing he threw seven innings against the astros of three-run ball passing babe ruth his era now stands at 2.74 on the year his whip is under 1, 0 0.91. He's 4-1 and one on the year. And after those seven innings, the very next day went out and golfed a home run out to right field, a pitch that was actually a nasty curveball that almost bounced in the dirt. I don't even know how he hits that pitch out. So this is the modern-day 
version of Babe Ruth. That's what we are seeing right in front of our eyes. So did we get to see Babe Ruth play? No, but we're getting to see modern day Babe Ruth play and we should watch him every chance we get. So yes, past Babe Ruth and career strikeouts. And as I mentioned on, I believe it was Tuesday, is also close to catching him in the home run category. It was only 580 <laughs> away. Well, guess what? That number is now 579 homers away. Watch out, Babe. Shohei is coming. Another homer on Wednesday afternoon. So question for you, because hopefully we are just in the beginning stages of watching Shohei Otani in his prime. I like to believe that. So if you had to guess at the end of his career, what would you guess his career strikeouts will be and his all-time <laughs> career home runs will be? <laughs> yeah, putting you on the spot. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Think about it. I mean, you have your, your brother who is like one of the all-time great pitchers. You can kind of like – compare him to that and then the all-time great home run list so, the so what, what are you part, gonna do this is the unknown obviously hits you right in the face of how long at some point in his career you have to believe he's gonna have to pick one or the other or he right? doesn't he's not gonna be 40 years old and throwing seven innings and then the next day being the three-hole hitter he might he might and i hope that's to be true but i i'll Okay, so let's yeah, just say just, yeah. for a second. Hypothetical. Say, Throw it out there. Let's say that's true. Okay. Okay, so he's at 500 strikeouts right now. I think How we many could be talking years? about a world in which Shohei reaches the 2,000 strikeout mark. And what's he at? He's at – how many homers is he at? He has 134. One, 134. I think he can get to uh, – Yeah. 2,000 and – and, and home run wise, I'll say 400. Oh. 350. Oh. <laughs> I was, I, I was I, thinking more to like the five. Well, you got him. He didn't come over. He doesn't have the longevity in a major league career because he came over he was older. at a certain age because of the MPB. So, yeah. you know, he didn't come over until he was what, 25? Okay. 450? So that's five years of guys that. Yeah, so I'll say I'll stick with 400. I'll, do, I'll go 450. I'll raise you 450. 400 and 2,000, which okay. just, that's insane. That's insane. It's incredible. But, man, that'd be cool. Uh, wouldn't it be? All right, well, let's move on to another home run king because Aaron Judge, the captain, is back after missing 10 games with the Yankees with that little hip injury. Um, the Yankees went four and six yeah, when he was gone. Rough games for the Yankees. Yeah, they need him back desperately. And thankfully, they just won the series that he came back in. Yeah. One, for the game of baseball. Glad Aaron Judge yeah. is back. I mean, it was the Yankees offense, as we've now seen, desperately needs him. <laughs> yeah. Comes back and then goes three for four on Wednesday in his second game back. So hasn't missed a beat, really. But Man, there's some concerns with this Yankees team. And yeah. w was Aaron Judge the spark the Yankees need, or were the Oakland A's the spark that the Yankees need? You know, like it, it was the perfect time to play a team right. like the Oakland A's. So I, I think we're only gonna learn more and more about this Yankees team, but I, I'm not completely sold on them. Mm -mm. But as I mentioned, Desperately needed him back, the captain, yeah. for so many reasons. What he brings offensively, what he brings to that clubhouse. You need Aaron Judge out on the field, um, and he is back. So happy, happy for him. Uh, the game of baseball is better when, when he's playing and hitting homers. So yeah, good but for, I, but good I'm for the Yankees with you. Yankees might be in some trouble. They're in a tough division. They've been plagued with injuries already just in the short amount of time of the season. So 
We'll see. We hope. We hope we'll he can turn it around. Yeah, seriously. But yeah. happy he's back for sure. Yeah. All right. We're moving on to making a statement. All right. Are you ready for this? So I'm going to give you some pretty bold statements. Okay. And you basically tell me if it's an overreaction or not. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yep. Let's get started with our first statement. Masataka Yoshida is the best off-season signing. Oh. Yeah. Just in general. Yep. Um, so, it's honestly pretty cr- The day that he hit those two home runs yep. against Milwaukee, that next show came on and said, that was the breakout game for Yoshida. I truly believe he's going to go off after this. Well, he has. Before that game, he was batting two thirteen on the season. He's now batting 298. Just a couple of weeks later, they were 11 and 10, the Red Sox. 11 and 10 entering that game. They're now 22 and 16. They've gone 11 and 6 since. He's now batting like third or fourth in that lineup. He's been huge for them. Um, but I am going to say that Masataki Yoshida is the biggest AL signing. Interesting. Because I don't know how you don't pick Sean Murphy with the Braves and I think Sean Murphy is an MVP candidate right now wow I think Sean Murphy was the missing piece the missing piece for the Atlanta Braves they had everything there's an argument that they're missing a shortstop but Uh they had that and then he's now gone I digress the team is great (laughs) and that catcher position just that not just an offensive catcher, a guy that can lead the pitching staff, be great behind the plate, also be a great hitter. Sean Murphy has been invaluable for this Braves team that is the best team in the National League. Um, and so for that reason, I'll say Sean Murphy. But Yoshida, best signing in the American League, I think, and has, a, has the potential. The only reason I can't pick him in the American League is because they're not. I think the Braves get a boost here because they're winning the division and the best yeah. team in the National League, and Sean Murphy has been a huge part of that. I think the the Red Sox would be in a much worse off position if it weren't for how good Yoshida has been, and I am a huge, huge fan of his. And I believe right now um, he's the AL Rookie of the Year. Um, so I'll say he's the best AL signing and Sean Murphy best overall. Okay, so one of. One, oh, one, one of, of for sure. I probably, if it weren't for Sean Murphy, I'd yeah. probably say yeah. Okay, moving on to our next statement. The A's move to Vegas is not a done deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. How, <laughs> how can you say it is? They had a binding agreement two weeks ago, and then it unbound, unwound. <laughs> And apparently they're just binding a new one up. Yeah. I don't believe in anything. How do we believe anything the A's say at this point? I I don't know. But this new agreement is now with Bally's Corp on this new plot of land on the Vegas Strip. It's on the site of the Tropicana Hotel. This new agreement, $1.5 billion ballpark with a roof will come towards the end of the Strip, right where the Tropicana Hotel is. Yeah. And it'll be was because they're going to demolish that. And, and build this ballpark there. But I, I, it's just a mind-blowing process here. Now, for those that are confused, myself being one of those, mm-hmm. I, so I had to read into this a good bit, so I've gathered a better understanding. So for those that are confused, basically the reason that I – my best reasoning for why the other deal just unbound and this one bound up is because 
the public funding for the deal yeah. will be far less. About the the previous deal is going to take about five hundred million dollars of public funding. This one's going to be three hundred and seventy five million of public funding. It's also land that they don't have to purchase. So cheaper for the team, which <laughs> A's looking for the cheaper route. Shouldn't shock anybody, but I'm still not convinced this deal is going to happen. And here's why. There is a massive time crunch involved here. The Nevada legislation is, there's only 28 days left in their meeting. It's about, I think it's a 120 day meeting process. Well, this has all come together very quick and they need to figure this out and strike the deal with only 28 days left to do so. This meeting only takes place once every two years. <laughs> so you have 28 days left to strike the official agreement and sign on the dotted lines that this is going to happen, or I don't think this happens for two years, another two years, and that yeah. just starts the process. So there's a lot at play here. Things need to move quickly, and do I believe that the A's are in a position to spend this much money and do it very quickly? No. I, I'm not, and I hope I'm – I don't know if I hope I'm – I don't even know what I want. I wanted the A's to stay there and build a new stadium and allow those fans to enjoy it, but I'm not going to get that apparently. So let's. something needs to happen. I just – I don't even know what this question was. I'm not a believer in the A's doing anything. <laughs> it's not a that's, binding that's deal. My it's answer. not a done deal. No, of course so, it's yeah, not yeah, it's not binding. a done deal. Oakland, you're on the clock. Yeah, 28 and days, I don't think, probably 27 yeah. by now. Yeah, oh, that's brutal. Okay, yeah. well, this is kind of similar – our next statement – Okay. In the same ballpark, if you will. Well, there's not a ballpark for the A's. There so. should be a baseball team in Orlando. Mm. Hmm. No. Why? No. Uh, so the reason this is being asked yep. is because um, a, a guy that is a member of the Magic ownership group went public and said that he believes the team should come to Orlando. And they, they released these renderings of their proposed ballpark. This isn't just like a guy saying, hey, bring a team to Orlando. There's clearly been some thought into this process. Yeah. Now, here's why I say no. One, what he's saying is there should be an expansion team that comes to Orlando. Or, hey, the Tampa Bay Rays, just move them to Orlando. Well, I'll address both of those. The Rays shouldn't move to Orlando. They should move to, here's a thought, Tampa. Tampa Bay. That would be great. That <laughs> yeah. would be a great start. So let's move the Rays out of the Trop and out of St. Pete and into Tampa in a beautiful ballpark there where I do believe they would do very well. That's point number one. We're not moving the Rays to Orlando. We're moving the, the Tampa Rays to Tampa. That's first start. Secondly, expansion. No, we can't bring an expansion team to Orlando because we can't even prove that one team does well right now in Florida, right? The Rays, for their their valid reasoning, they're not in Tampa. It's in a terrible place, terrible ballpark to get to go watch a game, but move them to Tampa. Then we can talk about their crowd. The Marlins mm -hmm. don't pull very well. So why would we bring a third team to to Florida, don't get me started. Well, I guess I'm already started. I'm yeah. not for it. I do not think there should be a movement of the Rays there, and I do not believe there should be a, an expansion team there. I believe, I mean, this could be a, a much deeper pro I, I believe the team that is east of the Mississippi, I think there's they're going to put a team on each side of yeah. the Mississippi, if you will. 
I think that I think Nashville needs to be one of them. Oh, Nashville would be incredible. And, and they've been they've had this process going for years. They I I already have two Nashville Stars jerseys. They yeah. like I they have a, a front office in place. They have everything there. They're ready for expansion. They're a great sports city. Yeah. Whatever goes there succeeds, which yep. is the most important part. Yep. So uh, I will say no. No. I really lose track. When I start going down, I, know. I forget the question. That's okay. There, there should, should be a baseball be a team. team in Orlando. False. We can't admit, though, that those, what you call them, renderings, the yes. the possible, like, what it's going to look like yeah. photos were stunning. Well, yeah. I could, draft up something. I could draft up a stadium. On, look at well, this no, thing with the clear roof so you I can could. see through. Like, how cool would that look with rain, too? Yeah. Rad. Yeah, but it's just like uh, I, I could type in my computer on – these new AI graphics and give me a cool baseball stadium. That's probably what the guy did. No, okay, it does okay, look cool. Okay. It does look cool. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's move on to our final statement. Okay. You ready for this? Yep. The Mets and Giants lucked out by not signing Carlos Correa. Hmm. Mm, nah, I'm going to disagree with this. Correa, obviously, is struggling start to the year. Yeah. And... Publicly said after he got booed in yeah. his game the other day and said I'd boo myself too with the amount of money I'm making uh, if, if I'm, I'm playing, playing like that. that and I'm in the stands I'd boo myself yeah you got it as your fan I mean he's slow start to the season he's batting yeah. 189 five home runs 16 RBIs zero stolen bases like it yeah hasn't been a strong start for probably the loudest off season we've ever seen from a player correct yeah for many different reasons yeah, yeah. but I will say I I disagree with this because. I, I believe he's going to turn it around. Carlos Correa has slowly has slow starts notoriously in the past. I think he turns it around. And the reason I'm specifically going to say no to this is because the Mets clearly need a bat. Like, yeah, take the Mets needed him, and I, I think he will be fine throughout the course of the season. I do believe he turns it around. I think he'll end up hitting. I don't know. This is a slow start, but I think it's fair to say he ends up hitting over 250 with around 30 homers hell if he stays healthy i think he can yeah. do that the mets team is missing a bat and that he could have been that struggling bat right now but the bat that turns it around and so i will disagree okay well let's move on and talk about some other top players around the league in your bvp ben's most valuable players the five most valuable players across the league right now yep through this season Starting with number five, who you just mentioned might be an MVP candidate, Sean Murphy. Yeah, this is this has been the best pickup of of the offseason for anybody, I believe. Uh, he's been so good for that team, and at a, at a position where they were getting offensive numbers from from that spot, but Sean Murphy is one of the best young catchers in the game of baseball all around. He's great defensively. 
He's great calling a game, leading a staff, throwing out runners. He's been fantastic offensively. Uh, his first homer with that team was that uh, walk-off home run. So he's been invaluable to this team, and I think he is every bit of an MVP candidate right now in the National League. But as you mentioned with the BVPs, it's combining yep. both leagues in to one spot. So the top five players in the game of baseball as of right now, and Sean Murphy's at number five. At number four, another big offseason pickup, this time for Miami, Luis Arise. Yeah, I truly believe we continue to undervalue what Lu Luis Arise brings to a baseball field. You know, the guy's hitting around 400. And, like, if anybody in baseball is going to hit 400 ever again, it's going to be Luis Arise. Now, I, I have this conversation with John Smoltz on Saturday with Smoltz. You'll hear it. But we're going to talk about Luis Arise and players that could potentially hit 400 and specifically Tony Gwynn and talked about him and Smoltz facing him. So you'll want to listen to that on Saturday. But Luis Arise is is just an absolute menace at the plate. And I, I think if a player is going to hit around 400 on a season, right? I'm not saying he will, but if a player is going to hit around 400, I don't care if they're all singles. I don't yeah. care if they're singles and doubles. Like, that guy should be in an MVP conversation. And by and large, they, he hasn't been in terms of last year, won the batting title. But you don't even get mentioned in an MVP conversation. So he's in my BVP conversation. Yeah. He's here at number four. At number three, on the best team in baseball, Wander Franco. I, Man, this is the breakout year for Wander. And I'm so happy. He's batting 310. He's stolen 11 bases already on the year. He's got hitting for a high average. High power, stealing bases, driving in runs, all do, all while doing it on what is the best team in baseball. Mm -hmm. But shout out to the O's, by the way, who continue to – the O's <laughs> – I'm getting sidetracked. But the O's had a week where they played six games against the Braves and the Rays, and they went 3-3 three and three and beat the Rays Woo! in a series. and could Great series for them. But the, the Rays are still the best team in the game of baseball, and Wander is having his breakout season as – he came up as the top prospect, and this is the guy. And man, man, has he been a blast to watch. At number two, another Braves rock star, Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, Ronald ain't going anywhere. Uh -uh. He's on this list to stay. Hit a home run, I think it was Wednesday. Either Tuesday or Wednesday. 470 Wednesday. feet. Massive. An absolute tank yeah. to left field. And, I mean, just listen to what he's doing so far. 347 with seven homers, 22 RBIs, and 15 stolen bases. You want to talk about a 40-40 season, which I've said since Ronald came into the league, I think he can be the, the next player to do it, which is a very, very short list. There's been five, and he could be the fifth in history to do it. Ronald Acuna is on pace right now for a 20-30 season in the first half are you kidding me yes he's number two on this list and at number one the unicorn the man who has been on this list all year long Shohei Otani yeah I mean I yeah I, I, look <laughs> how do you get more valuable he's batting almost 300 293 on the year with eight homers and he's four and one on the mound with a 274 ERA punching out everybody he has like the lowest batting average against, the lowest whip. I mean, I could go on and on, as you, you know. You can. But this guy is the most valuable player in the game of baseball and is 
the most talented player the game has seen in in arguably ever. So yes, Shohei Otani leads the list again as uh, the top BVP. But I, I will say there were some players at the beginning. It took him a while to it get did. up there. I he was, was a number I, two for a while. I kept him in the two spot for a while. But at this point, it's like, how do you? How do you not? How do you? I mean, not? would you call him a mystical creature, which explains the unicorn because a unicorn's a mystical yeah. creature. So it's it's the perfect. It's a perfect explanation for Otani. Yeah. So this week, uh, if the season ended right now, this would be the MVP voting. If both leagues were combined, Sean Murphy, Luis Arise, Wander Franco, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Shohei Otani. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Now we've given you a lot to think about. Now you guys are going to give us something to think about. We asked for some fan questions. Yep. On Twitter. Now remember, baseball, life-related, mixing them both together. I've been asking for a dating question. We got for... one, kind of. We, we got a mix of one today. Okay, <laughs> so let's get started with Yotaro's question. Masataka Yoshida is raking after coming back from a cold start to the season. It looks like he made a few adjustments to his swing, and they work out for him. Can you please explain the process behind swing adjustments, why some work and some don't? Yes, yeah, swing swing adjustments are very tricky in a season because you struggle with this inner battle of I, I need to mentally get back to where I should be and I'm here for a reason. My swing is my swing and it's gotten me this far. But you also struggle, you know, you, you have to find a balance of every time you go 0 for 4, you can't go get in the hitting lab and say, I got to fix this. No, but in Yoshida's instance, Starting the year, as I mentioned, when he was heading to to Milwaukee and had that two homer game, he was hitting two thirteen after a WBC where he was raking. So, I think for him, the process of a swing change—it's not really a swing change. It's like mechanical tweaks, as you said, Yotaro—is is is very difficult. But it involves first off watching a lot of video. So I will take video of where I was at my best or when I was going well or a game where I was four for four with two doubles and a homer, and I will go watch those at-bats and slow it down. The technology is is incredible these days. I can watch my at-bat on a full screen right in front of me and go frame by frame by frame. And what you do typically is you look at your hands and where your hands are starting and the slot that your hands get into, and then you look at your um, your your lower half and your weight and your your weight shift and how your load and stride and all of that stuff is working and you'll typically find one thing that is way off in your eyes. Okay, this is what I was doing. My hands were getting here and now they're just not getting there. The process is very tricky, as I mentioned. There's a mental and swing aspect to it. But once you realize and find the thing you're doing with your swing, you head to the cage. You figure it out, repetition, 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 and then you feel comfortable taking that into a game, and the next thing you know, boom, I'm back. And it's just this vicious cycle all year long mm -hmm. of going through this. He's going to struggle again. Yeah. Everybody is. It's ups and downs and ups and downs, and it's finding that balance and being able to quickly get back to where you're your best. And it's hard. I know. It's also it's like baseball's all mental, but it's also like the confidence, too, to be able to make that adjustment. Like Yeah in a big league game and fall on your face until you get it right. So it, it's not going to happen right away. It's also really tough. You know, my career, I, in my five years professionally, I made two all-star games and I would typically, the beginning of seasons would start off great. I would put in so much work in the off season and start off great. And a big part of this is having somebody there 
and of course the Boston Red Sox do, all major league teams do, having a hitting coach that's willing to lock in and work with you. And in terms of my career, this was really tough for me, but I would always start off really well, as I mentioned. It was in two All-Star games, and then second halves were really a struggle for me. And I would lose myself, and I wouldn't have a direction to turn to. And unfortunately for me in my career, I didn't have a hitting coach that I can go on about this forever, but I didn't have a good hitting coach and it really was tough for me and and it was detrimental to my career. So him having somebody that he can trust and rely on to to say, when you get in a tough stretch, Hey, this is what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Let's go look at what you were doing and get back to that. And just having that is, is so valuable. So there's a lot of things that go into it. All right, let's move on. Next one's from FC Hambone. Ben. (laughs) All right, bring it on. Would you ever treat a date the way the Oakland A's fans have been treated? First question. What MLB team has treated its fan base the best? We got it. This is kind of a dating question. It's like a baseball dating question, all right? So, no. If you treat... Let me just say. you, If you are the Oakland A's treating a date the way they treat their fans... You are the douchebag with bleach tips, thinking oh. you're don't stink, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you'll can't, come to me. You you'll can't drop a douchebag and then not say shit. I mean, you can. I, I didn't mean, know if I could. Yeah, can of I? course you can. You don't know what I mean. Yeah, it's like you, you think your shit don't stink. So yeah. that's. So absolutely, you you cannot treat no. a date as if as the Oakland. The, can we put the question back up? Let me get the exact wording here. Would but, you ever treat a date the way the Oakland A fans okay. have been treated? No, because the Oakland A's are treating their date as a, it's like we're going to go to a restaurant and I'm not only going to make you pay for yours, yeah. but I'm going to leave and you're going to be in charge with the entire bill. You're you're just lucky to be here and that I'm in your presence yeah. basically. Yeah, that's it's one of that's those. The you're it's you're really lucky that I'm giving you the time to even be here yeah. with me. On the other side of things, I mean, how do you not pick, like, the Mets? I mean, the Mets are treating their, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, we'll pay Uncle you everything Steve. you could want. Yeah. Uh, the Braves paying their young guys early. I mean, believing in them from a young age. Uh, there's some other on the contrary. But what major league team have treated their fans base oh, the best is what they're saying. The fan the base. Fan I thought base it was their, okay. The best. Like, what the is the best, fan like, base. fan experience? Giving back to the fans, easily accessible. Um, I mean, I guess giving the best product on the field to the fans is also like you're showing that you care. Yeah. And you're treating the fans well. I'd say the Um, Astros, obviously, with the World Series they've won. Um, This is a bit of a side note Dodger fans. Yes. Well, they've been in heaven for a decade. Dodger fans love their organization and team. It's hardcore. Um, I would say what the Padres have been doing, just like bringing Better. in so many fun, exciting players and a bit of a side note, but I was looking at their, um, their promotional schedule coming. The Padres have, I mean, it's just incredible. Like bark in the park nights all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, they, I, I digress, but I was just looking like, man, this yeah, would be fun taking, to be a Padres fan. Taking Great care environment, fans. taking yeah. care of the fans. Those are some that come to mind, but not the A's. Okay. Yeah. Last fan question from Aaron. When the MLB expands, do you think the league should abandon the AL and the NL and go geographical like the NBA and have East and West conferences with three or four divisions each? Be a major mix-up. Um, I don't think we ever get. I don't think we get rid of the American League and the National League. 
But yeah. I do think it ultimately looks very, very different. Okay. I think we're in for an entire, as you mentioned, I, I, yeah. I would agree with the questioning. I do think we get to that. I just think it, it keeps the American League and National League titling. Yeah. I think we're probably looking at um, when we expand to 32, I think there will be another division created in each league and maybe one team out of each division and into this new division okay. based on geographical location. Uh, I think that I think that sort of has to happen. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, so. now that the league's like you have a DH in both leagues, it's kind of similar and easier now to just kind of right. mesh. Yeah. Like, you know what? The the Rays and the, the Marlins. Same division. Yeah. Makes you know? sense. It's like <laughs> You're right there. Let's not overthink this. Yeah. Yankees Mets. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, what a blast. Same division. Yeah. Make it happen. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of fun options here and options that just logistically Makes make sense. a lot of sense. So I think we keep American League and National League, but I think the the structuring of the league will look entirely different. Maybe not right when expansion happens, but within the next 10 years. Mm. Within the next 10 years on the Thursday episode of Flipping Bats in 2033, <laughs> I think we'll be talking about uh, complete, completely different looking baseball. <sighs> That's the last one. That's the last one. I got one like that we didn't have in me? here. Well, no, it was sent. Like I also like you know quote tweeted. Do you and have this a is a question advice? for you. Do you have a marriage question for me, Alex? It's not a marriage question, <laughs> but someone someone did ask. Hold on, let me pull it up so I can. I <laughs> oh, want to get his name. What is this gonna be? What? No, no, no. It, it's safe. It's a good. It's safe. Okay. Yeah, it's safe. Wait, I clicked on the wrong one. Here we go. Okay, it's from James. James, is a beer a must when you're barbecuing? It's a hard-hitting beer a, a must, must when you're barbecuing? Hard-hitting question. Um, you know, I, <laughs> are you a barbecuer? I've, I've, I'm a Traeger, so I have a Traeger, so I like barbecue smoke, and it's like a whole experience, and I am having either a glass of wine. I'm not a beer drinker, so I'm having a glass of wine or a cocktail, and it just makes the whole experience that much better. Yeah, I would, I would say yes. But I also have some like friends that that don't drink at all. So yeah. for for people that a do a drink, a cocktail, or no, like a, a mocktail, anything. Some sort yeah, of you gotta have something. You gotta have something in your hand while you're barbecuing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm done. I'm done. Say, yeah, I'm so done. That's an end of that, the show. that was you. We're about no? to go off the rails. <laughs> that was all right. you. Thank you all for listening to this Thursday episode <laughs> of Flipping Bats. We will be back tomorrow for another one please show alex right <laughs> yeah, now she's lost do. it show her we need to show her <laughs> no, i'm gone i'm gone i'm gone i'm gone just go thank you all Wrap for listening up. to this thursday episode of flipping bats make sure you uh, subscribe follow anywhere you listen <laughs> oh, to your podcast apple stop. spotify stop. wherever we're also on all social media twitter instagram facebook oh. tiktok and you can watch everything as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening. Until tomorrow, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace. <laughs>